Friends, please have a seat and pray with me. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each and every one of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. I will be reading from Matthew 26 and 27 this evening. Just a warning, if you are trying to follow along in um, the scripture in front of you, uh, be warned I will be hitting the fast forward button a couple of times because we have a lot of passage this evening. I'm beginning in verse 14 of Matthew 26. Then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him thirty pieces of silver. And from that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray him. When it was evening, he, Jesus, reclined at table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again for the second time he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. 
Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This year, I became a grandmother, and I have the joy of my baby granddaughter being with us every Sunday when my daughter and my son-in-law are at work. And an added joy is that she loves coming to church with us. Because when you're a baby, what's not to love about going to church? She likes jamming with the band during the time of music. She loves having an army of aunties ready to smile at her and scoop her up and dance with her. It is fantastic. And today was even more fun because we waved palm branches around and there was a donkey in the sanctuary. (laughs) I am sure it's the first donkey she's met and it was very exciting and she had a blast waving that palm branch around and everybody smiled of course to see a baby waving a palm branch around which then made her smile even more and it was delightful. It was the most fun I've had at Palm Sunday in quite a while. But this is a weird day in the church. It is the last Sunday in Lent, and yet we open it in the morning with that wild celebration of Hosanna and palm branches and uh, singing and dancing, all the time knowing that there is a shadow cast on those palms that we wave. Because we go from that celebration into this week we call holy, This week of lament and sadness and the cross. Reflecting uh, this week on those last few hours of Jesus' earthly life can sometimes feel a bit like sitting beside a family member who is dying. We spend this evening um, during this week um, hopelessly near the cross with Mary, preparing for Jesus' death. And just as often as we often do when we remember tiny details of a traumatic event within our own lifetimes, we reflect on the little details of the story. And then Peter took out his sword and he cut the guy's ear off. It was Judas with a kiss. There was a fire going because it was so cold and they were just standing there warming their hands while he was on trial. It was a rooster. Often we focus on details and narrative and times like that to reflect on if we could have changed something or done something better as a way of trying to make meaning out of the darkness. Sometimes the details are a way to remember the face or the sound of someone who is no longer around. And they're uncomfortable memories. They feel heavy, but they are a part of our natural process. Holy Week, and especially Good Friday, are likewise an important part of our process, as uncomfortable as they are. It feels heavy, but sometimes that is exactly where we need to dwell. It is a time to set aside feelings of guilt and stop comparing ourselves to those who denied, betrayed, shouted, condemned, and killed, and just sit next to Mary at the foot of the cross 
soaking in those last powerful moments of Jesus' human life. We go from the triumphant entry where we are shouting and praising to the passage tonight that reminds us any one of us could betray. And in fact, we all do it sometime or another in our lives. And Jesus ultimately laid down his life for us after that betrayal. We go from celebration to sorrow and back again within a week, and it can feel a bit much like a little bit of liturgical whiplash. But we can't skip any of those parts where we miss the power of what Jesus did for us all. There is a shadow on the palms that we are wise to remember. Not because we shouldn't allow ourselves to become emotionally invested in the story of Palm Sunday. It's a great story. We should be invested in it. It is okay to wave our branches and watch the children excitedly sing and shout, even knowing that betrayal of Christ is pending. Celebration is important. It is part of our story. We are wise to remember it also because the shadow on the palms is the heart of the story. We are able to celebrate even in the midst of sorrow. Without the shadow of Good Friday falling on the palms of the triumphant entry, they are just branches waved at a good teacher. We need each of these days, this holy week, to truly understand the celebrations on Palm Sunday and Easter at the ends of it. And many churches gather this week to acknowledge that. On Thursday evening, on Monday, Thursday, churches gather to remember the Last Supper Jesus shared with his disciples. On Good Friday, Christians gather around the world to remember Christ's death, brutal and undeserved death at the hands of people who were so desperate to hold on to their power and the status quo that they didn't even realize that death was for their own sake. And then finally, on Easter Sunday morning, we return to celebration as we gather to celebrate that while Jesus entered into a world that didn't understand him, was put to death by people who refused to acknowledge who he was, that death ultimately could not hold him. You do not worship tonight or Thursday or Friday or a week from today in order to fulfill some sort of cultural obligation. We worship because if we skip those days on our way from the palms to the empty tomb, we have just diluted everything our faith in Christ stands for in our lives. When we forget to observe the valley between these two Sundays, we live Christianity light, the culturally acceptable but completely toothless version of Christianity that does nobody any good. So in your preparations this week for what is considered the highest holy day of our tradition, do not forget the reflection on why it is so holy and why it is so powerful. Let's not be too hasty to skip straight from the palms to the empty tomb, but let us remember the fullness of this story, the fullness of Jesus' sacrifice for us all. Amen.